Hey everybody, welcome to Appalachian Timber Ghost Outdoor Adventures Podcast. Thanks for joining me today, it's much appreciated. I'm your host, Glenn Russell. Don't know where most of the people listening to this are going to be from. I'm going to assume probably starting out a lot of people locally maybe that know me and heard about the podcast, but uh, basically it's episode one and it's just an introduction to myself and what the podcast is going to bring in the future. Just kind of taking a stab at what I want to do is, uh, you know, I'd like to get a lot of guests on here. I got a, a, a list of quite a few people that I would love to get on here, anywhere from biologists to NCON officers to people like you, you know, out there listening to me. Um, the one thing I do want to say is, you know, this show, for the most part, is about us and not me. You know, I'm just not going to sit here and blab away. I mean, granted, I will, but I want it to be stuff that's, you know, for the most part, informational. You know, that's something that we can learn, talk about. I mean, in this day and age, let's face it, you know, they got some new regs coming out in New York State for the deer hunting season. And <laughs> like anything, you know, there's two sides to every coin, and, uh, you know, the bickering has started already. And I get it, you know. I find myself torn over a couple things. And. You know, one of it being, you know, that I think is great. I think most people are on board with was the uh, age limit, you know, starting out. You can hunt deer at 12 years old. I think that's awesome. You know, I know a lot of young kids that started in the woods with their father or, you know, family or even good friends. And, you know, they have to sit and wait. And these kids are like already like just chopping the bit. Probably a bigger outdoorsman than people twice their age, <laughs> even just getting into hunting. But, like I said, I don't want to fall down too many rabbit holes and get into too much. But that being said, you know, people getting into it late, you know, I want this to be informational, you know, help people out. You know, I'm on Facebook. Check me out, Appalachian Timber Ghost Outdoor Adventures. You know, I got a page that's actually myself. I've also got, like, it's like a kind of a business page, but really, this is not a business. But I just, you know, open the page up and I post stuff on what I'm doing and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm on these Facebook pages and, you know, you can tell, like, people are new to either fishing or hunting and ask questions and people are just brutal. <laughs> I mean, we've all seen it, the keyboard warriors, you know. You can be totally right about something, they're going to tell you wrong. And even in politics, I mean, lately it's like, even when people I agree with, it's like, I'm just sick of it. <laughs> so you won't find that too much of that here unless basically it's, the politics that are getting involved in, you know, our outdoor life. And uh, that will be something else. Going back to, like, some of the people, the guests I'd like to bring on, you know, anywhere from biologists. Maybe you can even get politicians on here and see where they stand with hunting and fishing, if they've got our back or not, and, you know, things like that. But back to, like, um, the podcast. Uh, so I wanted to start this, like, two years ago. And... I'd gotten all of the equipment to do it. I was going to college. I was finishing up for my criminal justice degree, and I got pneumonia. I 
I actually did a podcast brief, a brief one about turkey hunting because, like I said, it was the end of my school year. I got out. I was very had a very successful day, but I didn't feel good. And next thing you know, I was on on my back for a month. Graduated from college. Eventually, I got a call from a school. Uh, I'm sorry. I worked for a school, and I got a call from the state, and I took a job as a peace officer. Went off to the academy for a few months. Then, you know, I got out of the academy. I did some hunting. It was awesome. Started thinking about the podcast again, and then COVID hit. Then next thing you know, I was deployed all over the state and just didn't have the time for it. But one thing, you know, hopefully this will be a motivational podcast as well. You know, I think we're all in the same boat either, you know, financially. Some people just have the money to do great things, you know. Some of us, it's a struggle. Thankfully, I got into this young, young enough where I got a lot of my gear when I was younger. So, and when I had money. You know, you know, I have a career, but there's other things you have money invested in. You know, some of you guys have kids, and you put them through college, or even just like you know, you got a couple little young ones there. You're, you know, it takes a lot of your time. And I have friends, you know, I ask them to do stuff. Well, I got to take the kids to soccer and this and that. And I totally get it. You know, you know, I don't have any kids personally, but I totally get why people have to do what they do. So COVID hit, and uh, next thing you know, now I'm making the time because that's my, you know, here's the, here's where the motivational part comes in. It's not really meant to be selfish. I think everybody should be saying this, but like it's the year of me. You know, I hadn't been ice fishing in 20 years. I finally got out once. I want to get out one more time. I'm trying to hit Lake George tomorrow. So. You know, maybe my next podcast will be how the fishing conditions were at this time of the year. You know, I've been watching the ice conditions on a group that I'm on on Facebook, Lake George Fishing, uh, the Ice Fishing Report. And that group's really good because, you know, for the most part, people ask questions. It's about safety. You know, I was on like a ice fishing group and a guy asked, you know, where where to go. And all of a sudden, like I said, the keyboard warriors, warriors came out, and they were dogging him. And they're like, oh, put your time in like the rest of us have. And then finally the guy came, and he said, man, he goes, I'm not asking where your spot's at. I'm just asking because I'm taking my kid out tomorrow, and I don't, I want to be safe. And I read I read that, and I felt for the guy. And that's why, like I said, I want this podcast to be about us, man, and have some kind of unity. Because I think, you know, like, even with this new regs, it's like there's so much division and on every aspect of our life anymore and it's like we don't stick together man you know not just the anti-hunters but I think you're going to start seeing environmentalists coming in and angle on us if we're not together man it's not good it's not going to be good but like I said we'll, we'll get into some of the, the different parts of the regs and I'm sure other states are going through it uh, hopefully this podcast reaches other people in other states and, you know I just actually uh, it's like we have the decals you know thing here in New York where you go online, you can buy everything online. It's great. But I've started doing other uh, other states because, like I said, going back to the year of me, you know, if people are on a budget, you know, I, I'm one of them. You know, it's like I can't just say, oh, I'm going to go out on a $5,000 hunt tomorrow and be guided and all this. But, you know, one thing I've, I've been doing because I was forced into it, there's another thing I'll get into in another podcast, is public land. Because of my new job, uh, I couldn't just go after work to the farm that I hunted since I was a kid. 
know, now I have to go to public land. I got to share it with people that you don't know. They're not your friends. They're not going to try to work with you, <laughs> you know. And maybe I'm the new guy, so I totally get that too, you know. It's like, you know, here's a guy who might have been hunting that spot for 10 years, and here I, you know, with my Onyx map, and I'm trying to jump into a place that's far away from people, and here's some other guy. <laughs> and, and that's where that's where I kind of feel for the people, you know, the people that are dogging on people, you know, they're, they're, they're very protective of their spots. And I get that. So, but, you know, the way I look at it is, if you don't have any good nothing good to say don't say it at all like I sit back there's times I agree you know but I'm not gonna say that to somebody I'm just gonna sit back and say nothing when somebody asks a question and there's no re replies to it I think they'll get the hint but at the same time you know if it's some guy like this that's you know just wants to take his kid out I mean come on man I think we got we got to do better than that so um, you know another thing a lot of you guys, especially if you're listening to this and I know you, there's some of my friends that I have the utmost respect for as hunters. You know, they're very successful. They juggle their life, their kids. I'd love to get you on here. You know, like I said, this isn't about me. It's about us. And uh, just like to get some of you guys on here as well as like really cool guests that I think you'll be interested to listen to the podcast. You know, it's, I'll have people that's on here that's worth listening to. So I, I don't want to drop names now because if I can't seal the deal with it, I just don't want to have any empty promises as well. So, but here's the deal as well. Another thing, you know, if you guys have like side hustles in the outdoors, like I got a friend, Kurt, Kurt Burns. Um, I'm going to give him a shout out right now. Maybe he'll listen to this eventually. But, you know, the guy lives in Hyde Park in my home county and he just started a bait, you know, a bait shop. You know, he's got lures and he's, you know, making rubber worms and all that stuff. So, smashing bait. Look him up on uh, Facebook. I know he's trying to get his legs underneath him right now. So, uh, I think he's putting some, you know, the shops at his house. Um, so, he's trying to get it up to where, you know, it's going to be in full swing. So, right now, I know you can call him, order stuff. Uh, he'll, he'll make either arrangements to meet you out and ship stuff as well. So, smashing bait company. Give him a look. Another friend of mine, you know, does the butchering during the deer season in Dutchess. So like I said, reach out to me. Comment on, on this podcast. That's the biggest thing I'd love. And hook a brother up, man. Is, you, know, give, you know, give me some questions. Tell me how I'm doing, what you want to hear. You know, I need feedback to understand what I'm doing wrong and what I'm doing good. And like I said, if you want to come on and sit around and shoot the breeze i've actually got some mobile stuff that can on the go do do good you know do the podcast so that's kind of cool too but but yeah you know like i said motivational informational um because like i said you know i five years i have a boat on the ashokan reservoir and that's a great fishery let me tell you and uh i didn't fish it once in five years i finally i went back last year i was sick to my stomach i thought i was gonna lose the boat I had literally went there with every intention of seeing that boat gone where DC pulled it. I did some security work for probably five years at uh, Gilboa Dam. And I used to always talk to the police officers there. And you know, one guy said, nah, they would call you. Another guy said, they'll yank that thing if they don't have the sticker on it. So I was worried because I didn't have a sticker probably in three years. You know, I didn't fish for five, but two years I went up just to slap the sticker on it. But, uh, you know, like I said, you know, the year of me, you know, I got to get back into it. Uh, for some reason, I've 
you know, here's here's one thing, man. I ain't afraid of death. I even came to when with the COVID at the beginning. You know, it was a sketchy time. You didn't know what to think, but I tell you, I was ready to drop dead of a heart attack, and then finally came to terms with it. I said, "Yo, man, here's the deal. You could walk outside, get run over by a truck, and meanwhile, I've been you've been living in a bubble, worrying about COVID. So pretty much stopped worrying about it." And I have asthma and all that stuff, so I'm one of these people. It's not like I'm talking as a healthy specimen. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm one of the people in the risk factor, but it is what it is. It's like if, if that's how it, would, it takes me out, that's what takes me out. Just like with people with cancer and whatever else, freak accidents. So Another thing, you guys, you know, you guys are probably more knowledgeable. I don't know if I said this at the beginning, but I'm not doing this because I'm claiming I'm an expert. I am by far no expert, um, you know, but if I can help people out and I enjoy this I mean I'll be honest with you I enjoy it I'm hoping it goes somewhere where I have a lot of feedback um, but I think I've you know talked a little bit about the podcast for the most part but I wanted to tell you a little bit something about me um, about my fishing where it all started um, my dad took me fishing probably when I was I don't know maybe six years old to a creek right down outside of my town by Pauling and it's on old route 55 any of you people there um, that are from the area you might know about it there's a little creek that runs next to the road and back when I was a kid there actually was small little fish in there now I don't even there probably might not even be fish in there no joke um, but yeah that's where it started you know and uh, even when I was young right up the street from that nuclear lake um, pretty interesting look it up Maybe we'll get into that in another podcast because at one point before it was opened up to the public, I was, you know, I was privy to actually fishing there and it was, it was uncharted. <laughs> you know, the bass that we were catching when we were kids, it was just insane. You know, we'd ride our bike, it was far from our house, we'd ride our bicycles, we knew the, the caretakers of the property and uh, it was, it was awesome. And then as far as hunting goes, same deal, right up the street from the Nuclear Lake. My godmother's family owned um, a machine shop and you know, pretty much spent, I almost like to consider it the best years of my life with, with her family and my family. Um, but her brother, Fred, Freddie PK, if you're listening to this, <laughs> he, you know, I used to look up to the guy. You know, I'd see him go out across the street with his bow and it was pretty pretty wild, you know, because I always like would mimic him. You know, at one point, my mother they bought me this little orange vest, and Freddie gave me one of his old back tags. It was funny. I was just thinking about it because I'd love to find one. I wonder if my mom still has him laying around somewhere. But you know, I'd walk around like I was a little hunter, <laughs> you know. So, you know, but eventually, you know, my friends, there are a few of them, Teddy and John Weir, and my boys out there. So if you're listening, shout out. But uh, you know they're a few years older than me, so they they started hunting and they were driving cars at the time. And I was like, oh my god, I got to do this. And I got a late start, you know. Um, guy I worked with who became a very good friend of mine. I worked for him doing wallpaper for many years. Um, Al, he got me into hunting, and at the age of 20, I started hitting it hard and heavy, and I never looked back, you know. And for the most part, more than anything, you know, I'm not so much a trophy hunter. I'm all about the meat. You know, like last year I was literally in a meat panic. Um, I was going down to my spot on the weekends down in Duchess, and 
you know, the, th the times I was there, it was just not seeing deer it was like mind-boggling for me because it's a really good farm to hunt. I uh, end up switching my spot. A buck came running. He, you know, he was on on his way with with good intentions, nose to the ground kind of deal, and he knew he was going somewhere, and that was all there was to it. And I had to make a quick decision. And after a long time, we were almost to gun at this point. And once the gun opens up, forget about it. It's a ghost town. Um, I made a quick decision. I said, I'm taking him. And last year, I actually did put kind of a goal on myself. I kind of wanted a, you know, 150 kind of class deer. You know, even 120s, you know, something that's really respectable. Um, I took the deer, you know, and he was a little eight pointer, you know, decent buck. I mean, but I know a lot of my friends, they would have been like, you should have passed on it. And we will we'll get into the quality deer management parts of uh, stuff here for sure. Because, you know, I, you know, I, like I said, I'm not an expert on it by any means. Um, I know different people have their, their opinions on stuff. And I've been looking a little bit into it, you know, and it, it really depends. It's not just about letting little bucks go for big deer, man. It's like, you know, you look at Iowa and these, these young deer, I mean, they're, they're 100 plus class deer at two years old. Because you know why? They got corn. And they got tons of it. And the competition's not as great as is for a, a herd of deer walking around through the woods after, you know, a bad season <laughs> where apples aren't growing great or, you know, for whatever reason, you know, there, there's just, you, you got to take the does from what I understand as well. I do because I'm a meat hunter. You know, my strategy, I'd say for probably the last 10 years, so I can try to, like, get a better buck, is to immediately, like, if a doe walks by me opening day, I hope, you know, if I'll wait till close to dark, you know, to make sure that nothing's coming out behind the deer. But, you know, if there's like a few does milling around and I'm running out of light, I'm taking a doe. And then it makes it makes for, you know, where I can relax. I'm not pressured for the meat because that's when, when I get pressured for meat, guess what? Four pointers are going down, you know. Uh and, and I, you know, guys are brutal with, with that, you know, and I get it. I totally get it. You, That's why I'm all for antler restriction. I live in Green County. We have it here. There's a lot to be said when you know that you pass a deer up and it walks down 100 yards by another hunter. He can't take it unless he's a poacher, <laughs> you know. Of course, that can happen. Um, but... You know, see, I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole here. I just wanted to basically touch on the podcast, but we'll get into all that. You know, just even after saying like poacher, um, you know, people doing like kind of shady stuff. You know, it's everywhere. I know that that was part. Of, like I said, we'll talk. You know, I'm going to pull myself out of it. But you know, part of the new regs. You know, I've heard a little bit about that. You know, like people not doing the right thing. You know, they feel like it, this is going to happen with certain areas of the new regs. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, basically, for the most part, um, that's it, folks. You know, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up here because, like I said, I don't want to go on a, on a rant. But, you know, looking forward down the road, you know, I'd like to do some podcasts on saddle hunting if you, any of you heard of it. Um, I just, I'm new to it and it's been around for a long time, I guess. I tried it out this year and it was awesome. Um, so pretty soon, actually, once the snow's off the ground, I'm gonna go start prepping some areas for uh, for you know my saddle hunting. You know, I'm 
I'm done humping around tree stands for the most part. Years ago, I bought the Summit. It was it was the cat's meow, you know, as far as being able to be mobile. But then after a while, I got sick of carrying that thing around on my back. Um, I know guys have told me, yeah, I would just lock it to a tree or something, but I'd rather not. <laughs> so, excuse me, I'm just taking a little sip here of my seltzer. But, yeah, saddle hunting. Um, I'm going to get in some deer management. All sorts of stuff. We got turkey hunting coming around. We got fish, you know, trout's opening up. We'll be talking all sorts of different you know, techniques and where, you know, where to go. I'm not afraid to tell people where to go. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, the way I look at it, there's a lot of luck in this stuff, you know. Um, it's a matter, you got to be there. You got to put the time in. You can tell somebody to go to a spot, but if they're going to stand there for 15 minutes and be bored and then move on, you know, that's the deal. <laughs> it is what it is. So, all right, guys. Well, I'm going to sign off. Until next time, thanks for listening. Like I said, check me out, Facebook and Instagram, Appalachian Timber Ghost Outdoor Adventures. All right, peace out. Thank <laughs> you.